So, what all happened last session? Well, we met up at the Momses. Angel almost died. Yeah, we met up at the Moms. Angel is having a particularly specifically rough time. But she got band-aids. I got stitches. <laughs> and and I'm going through a crisis of faith? It's a crisis. It's one of those, you didn't do anything, but something broke that connection, so... Yeah. Crisis of faith could kind of work for that, but you're just... You're having a time. <laughs> but the good news is, is Xander was very easily persuaded to cover and help you as much as he can. So he's bought you like 24 hours before they start really getting upset because the, the little... Their way of knowing who is keeping to their oaths says that you aren't, but no one really knows what exactly happened. Let's hope killing the stranger will fix it. Yeah. Although, even if it's fixed, you they will have questions. Yeah. But you, you know Xander has your back. I got that going for me, at least. How would you deal with an interdimensional being? <laughs> Take him out to the park for donuts. And Cole got caught up with his mom and had a nice little heart to heart with one of them because there's just a lot going on right now. Oh, Cole's trying not to be overwhelmed. Sometimes moms yeah. knows best. Yeah, they do seem to know quite a lot. But, you know, that's just a mom's thing. And they also had some nice heart-to-heart -heart talks with Millie, who is also having a bit of a time in a different way and is currently rather upset that she's going on a date at the park with donuts. I have standards. On the day of her friend's memorial that was murdered in her theater. By the dude I'm going on a date with. Look, things aren't great. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. And it's a sunny day. Has that been confirmed yet? He hasn't admitted to anything, but let's be real. Y'all know who did it. Oh, yeah. No, I know we know. I'm just... Oh, and there's actually probably something in that big bunch of blackmail material you got, Angel, which whatever happened with that big bunch of blackmail material you got? Oh, she's got it. You have it with you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's probably something in there about the investigation that was covered up. It was all blamed on some weird rogue spirit, which, let's be real, Yes, some of the ghosts in the theater may be creepy and vaguely unsettling, but they wouldn't murder anybody. Wouldn't they? It's not that kind of theater. I mean, unless you're, like, way down in the basement, then maybe. <laughs> and anyways, their MO is arson, so it was obviously not them. Exactly. Just have vaguely murdered ghosts in the basement. Just don't take matches down there and you'll probably be fine. We've definitely sprayed it with a lot of flame retardant, so... Yeah, Kaiju's not allowed anywhere near the basement. Correct. Because last thing they need is a baby fox dragon. Who <laughs> sometimes will just sneeze fire all over your curtains. <laughs> yes. You'd be angry if it wasn't so cute. It's okay, I have a healthy curtain budget. Yeah. His perks of being around as long as you've been around is it gives you plenty of time to grow investments and 
build up your savings account. Hmm. Especially when you don't often have to pay for food for yourself. True. And, you know, one of the benefits of many failed relationships is that I've mostly lived in Commonwealth states. Getting back to the situation at hand, you have driven down to Melton Hill Park. It's a nice little area. It's not super sunny today. There are some clouds. You've got a very pretty, very cute sun hat that one of the moms let you borrow. Why they have that just in their kitchen? Ready to go? That's probably fine. I mean, well, they do. They did have a vampire staying with them, so it makes sense to just have it. Fair enough. And I'll say you are able to talk through a sort of plan as you're in the car on the way there. So, what are you all going to do? So far, Angel, you know the stranger is very familiar with what you look like. Yeah, she's going, I believe what she had planned to do was mostly be out of sight. Like, there's, are there, like, hiking trails or similar? Yeah, there's walking trails. There's actually a little uh, Chinese food restaurant. Okay. Near the main park area, there's a pavilion. There is a little playground. Yeah, Angel would be doing everything she could to not be seen. Her, I mean, her hair is very, very noticeable. We can say you were able to, like, also get a hat or something with which to hide your hair. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's cloudy out, you could borrow the sun hat. I don't think that fits with a leather jacket. (laughs) Leather jacket and a sun hat. (laughs) Maybe just a baseball cap. I got you a I got you one of those really crappy like fishing bucket hats from the trunk of the car. Oh god. <laughs> I mean I guess it'll work. Gotta watch a complexion and all. You should really wash this thing more often. I mean Yeah. You're not wrong. And I think we discussed that I was going to uh call them and have my phone just on a speakerphone, but also have it muted so that any noises they make won't come through, but they'll be able to hear the conversation I'm having a little better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably something you've done before. Yeah. Maybe, Millie, whenever you were around someone that you thought might be connected to one of your exes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely have a answering machine that's just for collecting blackmail in this way. These are useful things to have. And Cole, what is, what's your plan? Well, it's pretty simple, sim- simple, the location. I would probably just kind of stroll around and try to be as inconspicuous as possible, potentially kind of head the, the same way Angel is going. Maybe take a tackle box and fishing rod out of the back of the actual vehicle and like have a reason to be there or walking around yeah just pick a spot to go fishing nearby where you have sort of a line of sight or close enough to maybe step in if needed but far enough away that it's not obvious that you're close enough to step in if needed absolutely yeah biggest reason I have the fishing kit or the tackle box itself is there is a 
fishing fillet knife in there just to have some kind of weaponry. I got nothing, so. Yeah. You're, you're just a squishy mortal who knows things. Yeah. Oh, bless. Angel's a sk- squishy mortal with skills. And then Millie's a vampire. I'm scary. And a gun. I also have a gun, yeah. Does anybody need it? Oh, Angel's got one. Okay, Cole, do you want a gun? Yep. <laughs> I don't know how good I am at throwing hits. I can take them real well, but uh, if you got a... You got something that you're packing, I, I don't mind. I, I'll carry it. I ain't ashamed. All right. Little easier to shoot someone over a distance than to throw your fish knife at them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to stick it actually in the tackle box wrapped up in a, like, handkerchief that I've got in my pocket that so to keep it, you know, clean-ish. It's fishy in there. Oh, yeah. So uh, I have a Walther PPK that I'm going to hand over to you. Because Millie is nothing if not stylish. Very gently and carefully wrap it and stick it in the tackle box. Picture this is happening before you get there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the car. For sure. Yeah. I'm probably also going to have Cole drop me off a ways away so that I can walk in by myself and they can set themselves up and it doesn't look like we've all come together and then parted ways just in case we're being observed. That makes sense. For sure. There's a parking lot at the restaurant and I think there's another parking lot that's closer to the park itself. Yeah, so probably drop me in the first one so I can walk the rest of the way in and you can just go ahead into the closer lot and it won't look suspicious. Alright, so you do that, Millie. You are you have a bit of a walk ahead of you, so the others will be able to get into place before you actually get there. But as you're walking over, you do see the very, very handsome stranger who you have taken to calling Charlie sitting on a bench and there's a box of donuts next to him. All delightful. I will definitely just start that phone call make sure everything is muted appropriately and the uh, phone keys are locked so it's not gonna unmute and give the game away and then just drop that in my purse actually minor correction he's sitting at the pavilion which is uh, covered and shaded and he's sitting at a table oh how nice of him but yeah, so I will approach, but having made the preparations so that everyone else can hear what's going on and is being said. And I think, like, as I walk under the pavilion, I will definitely be very quick to take that sun hat off and just, like, hold it very cute-like in front of me and just, like, smile really big and go, Oh, Charlie, it's so good to see you. Oh, Millie, darling, I'm so glad you were able to make it neat sort of stands up and gestures you for you to sit down. I know this was rather last minute, but I figured it'd be a nice chance to talk, maybe get away from your theater for a bit. I know that something bad happened there and it must have been hard to still be, to remain there. Yes, it's been just dreadful, and especially with today being what it is. I appreciate the opportunity to get out. Thank you for the invitation. And Millie will... Of course, sit down, leaving room for him and the donuts. He sits down, like, leaving some space between you, but also sitting on the same side. 
Asia's desk, so how are you doing? Personally, I'm all right for now. Obviously, I expect to be rather sad in a little bit, but it has been a few days since I've had to think too hard about our loss. How are you? Oh, it does make me really sad to think about what happened. It's a tragedy, really. Oh, did you know her well? I never had the pleasure of meeting her, but I heard some things about her. She seemed... She seemed a good sort. She was. Just an absolute delight. Well, what are your plans for the day? Well, I know there are some things happening over by the municipal building. Thought I would attend some of the memorial services and different things going on about... Because I said, like I said, I didn't know her, but... Seems like she was pretty important here, so... See if there's any way that I can help people and show my respect. Well, speaking of being important here, you've been making quite a lot of waves in the community for someone who hasn't been around very long. I have to admit, I'm so curious. About you, specifically. What can I say? I've always had my uh, way with words and with people. That does seem to be true, yeah. Pan away for a bit to Cole and Angel. What are you doing? How are you reacting to this conversation that you can hear? There's a lot of eye rolling from Angel. Cole is sitting there fishing rod in hand with just a hook. There's no actual bait. Just in the event I need to, like, put it down real fast. There's, I'm not going to catch anything, but I'm just sitting there intently listening. Also eye rolling. Angel doesn't have a pole in her hand, so she's got one hand occasionally, like, as the as Charlie talks, she'll be making those those mocking, you know, the hand motions. <laughs> I picture you've maybe, like, found a bench to sit on or something that's you can see them, but they're a little far away. Mm-hmm. Like, far enough away to where, like, if you hadn't been watching Millie, you wouldn't be able to tell it was Millie. Right. I'm definitely watching just out of, out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. So I think Millie is going to, like, lean in towards him a little and flutter her eyelashes and put a hand on his arm very, uh, you know... Oh, we're making a connection here. And just say, so, but where are you from? Where were you before this? I'm so curious to know more about you. I've been a lot of places. Where I'm from is a little bit of everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Oh, isn't that mysterious and elusive? Angel snorts. A duck that was walking by just kind of looks at you quizzically and then keeps waddling. But I feel like, at the very least, where you came from before you were here seems like it should be a straightforward answer, no? What about where you were before here? Oh, I moved here from New York. Must have been quite a step down. Being in a place so full of life and spotlights come into this town. Surely someone as beautiful as you could do better. 
Oh, well, that's kind, but you know I'm from here, so I was sort of missing the taste of home. I can understand that, though home is never a place that I've really had. Did Cole know that Millie was originally from here? I don't know. <laughs> Did Cole know that Millie's originally from here? It's the first I've heard of it. He definitely tilts his head at that like comment, like, what the f- And then just goes back to listening. The question of did he know and did he remember. Fair. Two different things. Yeah, Millie was he- Millie left a little bit before the Grimoire showed up. And then everything got weird. But things got weird from her a little bit before. Millie left, like, a hundred years ago. So this is Millie's first time, like, back in town since shortly after everything got built. I thought it was like you left in the 40s. Yeah, well, okay. So not quite 100 years ago. Yeah. She's, like, roughly 100 years old, but yes. About 80. Yeah. About 80 years. Yeah, because the, the Grim Bar showed up in the 50s, so. Got it. That was it. A definite head turner, just like, what the? Yeah. You also get a quizzical look, but this one is from a Canadian goose. Get out of here, goose. Stop making eye contact. Those are devil birds. You do not antagonize them. The only person want to mess with Canadian gooses is Canadian mooses. The goose hisses at you and then waddles away to go harass another duck. Millie the Stranger looks at you and is like, well, if you could be anywhere in the world doing anything, what would it be? You know, I just think that's so circumstantial. I tend to move around and find opportunities when I need them. And right now, this is the right place for me. What about you? Do you think he read a pickup line book? I also am a bit of a wanderer myself, going from place to place, trying to find... Trying to find something that I'm looking for. I'm not quite sure what it is, but... It's one of those things I guess I'll know it when I find out. Well, that's interesting. Oh, so mysterious. <laughs> if anyone wants to at any point roll the thing. Yeah, I'm very curious about that one right there. <laughs> I think Angela and Cole are too busy mocking him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. I think figure someone out makes the most sense. Okay. That is a 11. Okay. I'd hate ask to. So I think she's going to lean forward and she's just going to say, see, I'm so, so curious about you because you see, I've got a type and you do check all the red flags. You know, you're tall, you're dark, mysterious, powerful. But have you ever met new money? Like, have you ever gone to somebody's house right after they've won the lottery for the first time? And everything's all fancy, but there's just some things that are out of place. There's, like, plastic cups on marble counters and Walmart clothes and Parisian armoires. It's like there's just something that doesn't quite fit. There's something that's not quite right. And that's what I'm most curious about. You seem like new power. So I'm curious how you come by it. You're more insightful than most. You're right that I do, in a way, come into new power, but I'm also new at a lot of things. 
but don't think my power is as limited as those who have just discovered it. I am more than people think that I am, and I'm learning to craft myself and the world around me into what I want it to be. So there's the other question. What do you want it to be? What's the end game? What are you looking for? Why go through all the effort if you don't know what you're looking for? How do you know you're even going in the right direction? Oh, I know what I'm looking for, and I know that I'm going to get it. The game is just for fun, seeing new ways of getting what I want to see if it'll work. But one way or another, I usually end up getting what I want. What is that? Everything. Just imagine the whole world is at your feet. You got to shape it and change it and make it yours. All the people that you're hiding from groveling at your feet. I mean, as fun as that sounds, it does sound like once you've achieved it, it's got to be really boring, right? That's to say there's not more to make mine. Or ours. I don't have to do it all, though. I'm just saying, if you're after everything and you achieve it, then what's left, right? There's more being created out there on a scale that most people can't see. But I can feel all of it, and one day, I'm going to make it all mine. And then what? What do you do with it once it's all yours? I'll figure that out when I get there. Panning back to a cold angel, are y'all doing anything? Do you want to roll anything? How are you reacting? Because this dude just basically admitted to wanting to take over the world and then propositioned Millie, so... Yeah. I want to get a beat on him right now. Uh, so is that another figure someone out? Yeah. Unless there's another move or a move, another move you want to make. Mm, I don't think this counts as a charged situation, so... Not at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a figure someone out right now. Um, go ahead and roll. First die is a four and a two. With my mind of two, that makes eight. All right, on hit, ask two. I guess it's kind of what is he hoping to get from Millie, but at the same time, is he actually being genuine or is he just toying with her? Something about the way that he said, I don't have to do it by myself. The offer he's making her seems genuine. The intentions behind it, like why he would want maybe... I mean, even a, like megalomaniacal. So he's a lonely rat bastard then. Or if it's something that's new to power, new to existence, maybe it's realizing that, hey, maybe having a friend would be nice. Having someone to share all of this with. For my second... I want to figure out, it's kind of who's pulling your character strings, but it's less of a who and more of a why. Why is he doing this? 
Yeah. Because kind of up until now, Angel's more been assuming that it's his very presence because he's out of reality. That that's what's going to cause the end of everything. But no, he's intentionally doing it. It's greed. Greed. Of course it is. This is someone or something. Do you know it is an outside force that has basically taken over Bart's body. That it's getting used to power and possibly existence, and you've heard mention that it tried this in a different reality. It's greed. It wanted the last reality it was in. It wants this reality, and who knows how many other realities are being created out there as we speak. It doesn't just want this one. It wants all of them. It wants everything. And Cole, how are you reacting to all of this? I think it's giving him a sense of cosmic dread in the sense of, like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, the... I guess it's insecurities, but just the, the feeling that he actually has very little control over something, like, this feels so much bigger than he is and is just nervous that like he's going to ultimately fail everyone so he's just kind of having a a moment of dread I don't think he really has a whole lot of questions that's very you hear Lydia's voice that going in your head was something that she said to you so many times. If even when it seems impossible, there's always a way. A way in, a way out. A way to change things. Yeah. I think he just keeps listening intently, trying to f- figure out, like, what's his best in... Not necessarily in the conversation, but just, like, trying to find a weakness or something to exploit. So he's just listening intently. I was about to say, would you like to read a bad situation? But it's like, no, wrong game! Sure! (laughs) Nah. That would be a helpful move. Everything's fucked. Yep, basically. So, the two of you are... We've got one person in a very interesting conversation that she was probably not expecting today. And then two people sitting in different sides of the park having the... Oh, shit, moment of what? Yeah. Angel, every so often, is absently reaching for the staff, trying to push through whatever has cut her off from it. Give me 2d6. (laughs) That's a five. Killing me, Smalls. It's there, but it's, you can't, you can't get it. As you're doing that, you suddenly get this feeling like something's watching you. Shite. And really, you may not notice that he kind of stares over his shoulder a bit before turning his attention back to you. Shite. He noticed. Do I know that he noticed? Do I know that it was him that I felt watching me? Because she's going to immediately try and figure out what it was. Well, you have become uncomfortably familiar with just, like, his whole aura and his presence, and you just, you you know it's him. 
And I'll say, Cole, you can also yeah. feel that feeling that there's something wrong that doesn't belong. And it's definitely in the pavilion with Millie. Millie, you don't feel it as much. It's kind of like he's trying to tamp that down, but... Eye of the storm. What do you say in response? Yeah, I think she leans back away from him and just kind of, like, looks him over and just kind of considers what he's said for a second. And then she's going to just kind of purse her lips a little bit, and then she's going to say, Have you ever been to my theater? Keeper question. Uh, what was the last event that you had in your theater? I think you said something about it was like a presentation you had uh, set up from like showing different set pieces and so forth, but there have been other events in the past few months, right? We've done a lot of stuff with the schools. I don't think we've had our, our grand opening of our first show yet, because that's what uh, Cole got tickets for his moms for. Gotcha. So we've, we've had a lot of, like, showings and tours and all of the fun, like, oh, look at us, we're new to the community, sort of open house style things. Right when I first came here, I was still learning my way around. I did, I was able to get in on one of your tours. And I'll say it's when you remember you did see Bart on one of those tours. Gotcha. It's quite impressive what you've done with the place. Well, thank you. Did you happen to notice the name on the outside of that theater? I certainly did. Do you happen to know the history of that name? I've learned some things since I came here, just trying to learn more about the people in this place, but I would love to hear you tell it. Well, my name is Millie Grace Elza, and I run the Elza Theater. And, uh, Elza was a train stop near here once upon a time. It was a train stop, and then it was a town. And it was a town and a train stop that my family built when there was nothing else here. When the government came through and decided to build a town, we were the closest thing to here. So, this town and these people, Elza either moved into here or the people of Elza moved on. But that does mean that this town is very much my town. And as much as we've been sort of talking in circles, you know, I've never been a big fan of small talk. And I just think it's important to know that, you know, you're here to take things over, ruin things, make them yours. It's just important for you to know that it already belongs to people. And not everyone's going to take kindly to that. There's a shift in his demeanor. No longer does it feel like you're just talking to a handsome stranger. It's a sense of something otherworldly, something that doesn't belong, something that is much bigger than you realized. He just gets a smile on his face. I'm not a big fan of small talk either, and I appreciate that this place means a lot to you, and you can keep it. You can have it. Just know that if you stay out of my way, let me do what I want to do. 
I'll let you keep this town exactly as it is. I don't particularly care for any of the people in it. I'll let them live through what's to come. And I'm the queen of feckin' England. And what is it that you want to do that you feel that I could threaten? Or would be inclined to threaten? Roll to persuade to see if you can get an answer from him. That's a seven. Okay, they counter your offer or demand payment. So it's not a failure, but he just says, <laughs> Oh no, darling, you misunderstand. I don't think you threatened what I'm going to do. I'm just interested in seeing if you would be willing to join me. It can be quite lonely doing things on my own. I've been doing things on my own for so long since I came into existence, however long ago that was, and it might be interesting and perhaps even enjoyable to share this place with another. And if you want, I can give you other places as well. Like I said, you do check every red flag that I'm interested in. But there's still the little matter of you being somewhat of a McMansion of power. I mean, how do I even know that you can do what you say you can? Would you like me to show you? And he holds out his hand. Angel tenses. I think we should be moving closer. The element of surprise is already gone. Can Cole hear you? I think we're technically on a call. It's just Millie's phone is technically, like, muted, so... Okay, gotcha. That makes... that makes sense, so... I think I would pack up the fishing rod and kind of just, like, have the tackle box ready with the, the gun and everything. Angel reaches once again for the staff. 2d6. Come on, double sixes, double sixes, double sixes. Uh, first one's a five. And a five for ten. You feel it flicker and then solidify into your hands. Yes! Connection is strained, but you are able to connect with it, at least for now. And Millie. All right. Do you take his hand? Oh, absolutely. Can everyone else deafen themselves for this? As you touch his hand in a split second, your consciousness becomes infinite. And you go through this whole experience where first there's nothing, and then you see there is this single existence. And then there's another, and another, and another, and all of these different realities maybe start forming and the thing that is you from what you can tell is what exists in between those realities. The more that are made, the more that you are and you are nothing that has become something and you're seeing all of these vastly different existences popping up all around you and they are so full of life and magic and completely mundane things and you just want all of it and you think of what he said about he wants everything and that there will always be more as more and more of these realities start popping into existence almost at the exact same time and the more that there are the more that this entity this in-between space becomes 
and that in-between starts slipping into the other realities, and some of them rebuff it, but others become part of it, and it just keeps growing and growing, and it's this desire for more, and it is incomprehensibly large. And as you're watching all of this, you hear, isn't it beautiful? It is. Imagine all of us being yours. But what do you do with it? I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. I wasn't anything until there was another existence created. You see between these existences, there are these bridges forming between them. The entity you're talking to draws your attention to it. When they started connecting, I was able to explore into these different worlds, and there's so much there, just so much. Can you blame me for wanting all of it? All the people walking all these worlds, and they don't even take a second to appreciate all that they have. I just don't understand. When you explore these worlds, are you taking something? Are you getting something? Are you gaining something? Once you have them, are they worth having anymore? By exploring these worlds, I know what it means to exist, and I know what nothing is. For eternity, I was nothing. There was no need to think or to dream, but since mankind has been creating all of these different worlds, they don't know what they're doing with it. That's fair, but it sounds like you're defining the world, and not yourself. Unless you're just going from world to world trying to figure out what you're not. I am many things, as you can see, and kind of pulls back from that infinite view to something smaller and a little less um, potential to blow up your brain (laughs) yeah you're certainly many things certainly something I've never seen before but I think that means that you get to choose what you are and what you've been choosing to be is I don't know a thing of nightmares One of the few things that all these worlds have in common is belief in a god and a thing that created, and what I've learned about what they believe, who's to say that I am not that? They seek to know the infinite and the divine, and as you've seen, I'm infinite. That is true. But I will say that they tend to worship this god or these various gods, or maybe they're all just different names for one thing, but another thing they tend to have in common is the idea that they think that's what created them, and the world, and everything. Whereas, from everything I've heard, 
everything that everyone's warned me about, you seem to have the opposite intent. Well, I told you I wanted everything. But what good is having everything if it's not worth anything by the time you're done with it? As I said, there will always be more. Mankind keeps sending people and sending things back and it keeps creating more and more and more. And what I get from it is I want to enjoy as much of existence, all of existence, and whenever one of these worlds becomes mine, it is whatever I want it to be. But then there's nothing left to explore of it because it is exactly what you want and nothing more. So you have to go to another world to learn of new things to add to your list of wants. Do you see what I'm saying? You've set yourself up for a Sisyphusian task where you just have to continuously explore and then have that thing and then try to find something new so you're not left bored and lonely and holding nothing. You're taking something that you're excited about and you're turning it into the nothing that you're trying to get away from. Maybe that's why I need someone like you. Someone to help me better understand and better appreciate. So if I ever do run out of worlds, I'll still have someone. As flattering as that is, and as very up my alley as that absolutely is, like, don't get me wrong. Tall, dark, and handsome offering me a co-ride to power? Love it. But... Rather than just make a backup where you're pinning all of your hopes and dreams on a single person, why not find a way to have things that doesn't destroy them in the process? Why not have things and build up a mountain behind you so that when you continue having things, you've got things to look back on and go back to? Because like you said, things keep happening, things keep evolving and being made, and mankind keeps coming up with new ideas. I mean, I'm older than most people on this planet. I mean, most of the, the humans, at least. My lifespan has been elongated. And I've seen so many changes just in the time that I've been alive, and I can't imagine what that's going to look like a hundred years from now. But... If you cut off the opportunity, then everything only has a chance to grow up to a certain point and then it dies, and you lose out on all the new things that you could be discovering. But I can learn to create new things. I am learning with each thing that becomes mine. Who's to say by the time I run out, I'm not able to make more? How can you be excited if you have to do all the work? Has anyone ever told you a story before? And you don't know what the ending is? Isn't that the joy of the story, is getting to learn it? If you're the one who's telling the story every time and making up the ending every time, then you never get the joy or the surprise of hearing what somebody else has to say about it. Someone else's unique perspective or point of view and every one of those glittering baubles of existence has you know so many of those 
most people can fill their entire lives with one existence worth of learning. And somehow in your your crushing urge to have it, you're managing to not have any of it. It just seems like so much work for so little reward. Keep her coming. I was not expecting such a damn good argument. <laughs> Give me another roll to persuade. That is a five and a six and a plus one, so it's twelve. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should change my approach to things, but let's just say I've already got a foothold here, and maybe you could help show me. Let me stay here. Counter offer. Because, no offense, but your current approach leaves a little bit to be desired. You've already ruffled some feathers, made some important folks angry. If you stayed here, it would just be more fighting to maintain a foothold. Why not you and I go off somewhere new and just start afresh and maybe instead of coming in with guns blazing, you come in a little more subtle and uh, then you don't have to work quite so hard and you get to enjoy it more. I will admit I've been enjoying playing around in this world a lot. Magic is... There's a lot more here than in the last place that I was, and it's become quite entertaining. I mean, that's valid, but look how many other options are out there. Surely we can find something that can be entertaining for us both. So you would really leave your town behind? Your city? I have to say, sometimes things are better off without me. And I'm big enough to recognize when that's the case. And sometimes I'm better off somewhere else. I like moving around, I don't mind it. And I'm always looking for something new. This is the most new thing I've ever seen. Oh, I can show you many, many more things. Why don't we go back to your theater? It's easier to walk between the worlds there, and... Maybe we can find a new world for you to explore. But what about the world that I'm coming from? What's the plan for that? Rule plus mind. That is a nine. He just smiles and says, I'll leave it be. Yeah, you start fading back into reality, but... You know? He has no intention of doing why do I get the impression I'm not going to like anything that just happened? <laughs> <laughs> it actually went in a very different direction than I expected, but Angel and Cole, you heard the stranger say, why don't I show you? And then as Millie touched his hand, you felt there was something shifted. And what did you do? As soon as the stranger extended his hand to Millie and Angel grabbed her staff and it formed into reality this time and she could physically grab it. She took off in a dead sprint towards them to try and stop Millie. You see her hand touch his before you get there. 
Oh, I know. And Cole, what are you doing? Cole pulled the gun. I don't know that he actually, like, was prepared to fire, but he pulled it and was as much on his way there as he could be. So you are both armed and sprinting towards the strangers. You see, Millie wasn't touching his hand for a very long time, but you get the feeling that it might have been longer for her than you realize. And there was something of a shift in the air around the both of them. As you are running towards him and the stranger clocks both of you approaching, he's like, oh, didn't realize you came with company and it doesn't seem like they liked me very much. What do you say we get out of here before they make things a mess? I think Millie's gonna look over at them and use her hand to almost try and wave them off, like try and get them to stop. It does not work. God, I don't know if it works for me or not. I don't think I'm sprinting because like I have a ranged weapon, but I definitely think it's still pulled in that direction. And I just kind of stand there. You can still hear the conversation. And you see the stranger as he kind of puts his arm around Millie. And says, I think it's time we both get out of here and leave this reality behind. What do you say? Leave these silly mortals to their own squabbles. I think Millie laughs and leans into him but looks towards her friends and gives them just a little thumbs up. What are you attempting to communicate to them? I'm good. Angel, Cole, would you like to roll to figure someone out for Millie? Yes. Sure. Yes, I would. I haven't rolled yet, so I'll let it happen. I guess nine with my addition? On a hit, ask two, seven, and nine, they ask you one as well. I got 11. She doesn't get to ask one of you. <laughs> what are you trying to get out of this situation? That would be mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so? Do I just answer? Yeah, you could answer or you could sort of frame it in your response to Charlie, since you know that they can hear. Got it. I think the reason she hasn't, like, said anything yet is because she knows that there are two different sets of expectations. Charlie is expecting one answer and her friends are expecting another, and she's sort of stuck between the two at the moment. So I think to that end, she's just going to look at Charlie, but she's going to pitch her voice so that her friends also can hear, and she's going to say... I'd recommend we retire to my theater. We have a lot to discuss. She also gets to ask a question of me, correct? Yes. God, I feel like letting her do that before I ask my final question. Go for it. So, Millie, what is your question for Cole? I don't know that she has one at this moment. Even if he doesn't direct answer, I feel like, how, how could I get your character to back down might be a good one? Or what does he worry is going to happen? Well, I think that's pretty fairly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what could I do to put him in my debt in this moment? 
Oh, fuck. I think that Cole has been pretty upfront in that it's obvious he cares a little bit about everyone, but cares, God, not nowhere near as close about everyone as he does those that are close to him, and that being the moms and like those that are directly under their care. I think as far as putting coal in your debt, any kind of pledge, or not even pledge, just an understanding that no matter what happens at the end of everything, as long as they're okay, he will die at your hands. It doesn't matter. So, like, some kind of allegiance to that circle will put him at, at like, a death debt. He doesn't matter. Take the world. It doesn't matter as long as they're safe. Yeah, I think with that understanding, Millie would probably just be trying to, you know looking between Angel and Cole and just be like, don't worry, it's all right. I've got this. Yeah, for my second question. Mm -hmm. How can I get you to stop this stupid course of action? Ooh, that one's tough. I think how you could stop this course of action would be to have a better plan. It would help if I knew what your plan was. She is getting him to go to her place of power. It is also a place that he was easily able to break into without anyone noticing or seeing anything and then murder someone and leave no evidence behind. But... Better than out in the open. Yeah. Anyway, I believe Cole has a second question. Yeah. Oh, God. What is Millie's beef with herself? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that is a good question. Amazing. That is a good question. <laughs> sure. Let's leave it. Th let's leave it at that. You want that question answered, or? Yeah, let's do it. Basically, why are you willing to sacrifice yourself? I guess. What is possessing this frame of mind? Ooh. I think Millie has a similar urge to protect. And I think that Millie has a knowledge that throughout her life, she has, she has certain things that she's good at. And she's good at being a distraction. She's good at making people feel important for a little while and like pulling all of their attention. And she's really good at you know, to her mind, she's very good at the start of relationships, right? So this is her trying to use what she knows that she's good at to help keep people safe. I think I put the gun away now and try to look just like a fisherman again so the public isn't scared. Valid. Angel, what do you do? Well... This is probably an unadvisable course of action. Probably less of a bad idea than it was the first time she tried it, though. If she can reach them before they leave. Because Angel's not. No. Mm-mm. Not down with this. Fair. The last time you've had more specifically bad time. Yeah. I would like to let it out. Okay. 
to activate the ability to shatter a magical spell, illusion, or enchantment with a touch. As she, like, leaps at the stranger again. Please work this time. <laughs> okay. Quick question. Yes. What if Millie was also going to let it out to try and counter this? How does that work? Oh, no. Angel roll first to see if it works. Okay. And then if it does, you yeah. let it out That's the to question. counter. Because okay. I have a spirit of minus one, so. Pa, if we need to, like, pause and talk out details or possibly backtrack things for reasons, that is cool. Because this is a bit of a PvP situation, but we are trying, but it is attempting to be helpful and protect other players, so. Right. <laughs> oh, I think that's what I rolled the last time I tried this. It's a five total. Yeah. Oh. So the way I pictured it was that as she gets closer, she almost uses the staff as almost like a pole vault. Push yourself. Leading with one foot. <laughs> so as you do that, you're getting close, and it's like the air around them ripples for a second. They just vanish, and you crash into the ground, and you just hear him laughing in your head. Oh, your bastards would be so disappointed in you, but then again, they all pretty, aren't they? You fucking bastard. Oh, you won't have to worry about them too long. Soon, they and everyone else will be gone. Over my dead body. And Cole, you see as Millie and the stranger just vanish. Stupid girl. Millie, you see as Angel is flying towards you, then suddenly you're sitting in a car with the stranger. And he's like, well, I was about to get a touch uncomfortable. What do you say we head back to the theater? Sounds good to me. Keep in mind, you know that he said when he would leave this world alone. He wasn't telling the truth. Oh, I know. Millie's going to look at him and go, sounds like a plan. Go pan back to Angel and Cole. What are you both doing? Cursing. A lot. Some of it directed at the stranger, some of it directed at Millie, some of it directed at herself. As she's picking herself up off the ground. Making sure none of her stitches popped. I'll be nice and say that they didn't, <laughs> but also your staff is gone. Damn it. Uh... You notice you do get a text from Xander saying, I don't know what's going on, but for a second it looked like your oath was back, but it's gone again. <sighs> She's going to, like, brush the dust off of her jeans, reach down, pick up the hat again, dust it off, and then try and reach for the staff again. You can tell it's still there, but it's like it's a little farther this time. <sighs> Damn it. Like that connection is just a little bit more broken. Oh, you rat bastard. And you hear echoing in your head. Looks like you may end up just like your mother. 
Cole, what are you doing? I just walked back to the car and I put the tackle box and fishing rod back in the actual trunk, but grabbed the gun out and I'm, I'm assuming Angel will come back to the vehicle, but I'm sitting in the car just kind of head back feeling the stress of it all and the uh, the gun is sitting like still wrapped but on the on the seat kind of there and just I don't know thinking has the the radio on just kind of waiting and uh, yeah feeling a little overwhelmed about about this as you're listening to the radio an angel is very grumpily tromping back to the car swearing under her breath your voice echoing in your head it's adorable thinking you could do anything to make a difference. I hear that? Yeah, you hear it echoing in your head. If you look around, there's nothing. But you do see... It's like there's a silhouette in your rearview mirror, but you, when you turn around, there's no one in your car. You're the king of nothing, and you're going to end up dying as nothing. How many people are you going to send to your death before you accept the fact that it doesn't matter? (laughs) You son of a bitch. I think it just got a little bit more personal. As if it wasn't already. (laughs) Right. And then you both hear in your head. I could destroy you now and no one will be bad tonight, but you know what? I think he'll let you live long enough to see your world burn. Oh, get the hell out of me, head. That thought is that going through your head? Live long enough to... As you drive back to the theater. Hoping to get there before they do. Live long enough to... Take your head off your shoulders. And do y'all say anything on the drive there? I think I mumble, but like stupidly sarcastically is probably a bad idea. I just have no social cues. Like, that could have gone better. Angel, uh, doesn't respond. She'll text back Xander. Just, it's a long story. And that's all she says. Text back, okay, just be careful. It feels like something's about to happen and everyone's getting real nervous up here. Great. Just what I needed. She doesn't respond to it. I'm just focusing on driving at this point. I am pissed. Very. Justifiably so. Remembering the names of the people who went missing last night? I think Millie hangs up the phone call that was still going. There's nothing else. I think we'll pick this up at the finale. Tempest Multi is a production of Pseudonym Social. Changing reality one story at a time. It is an actual play podcast using Urban Shadows 2E Quick Start Guide, and it's set once again in the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I am your keeper and producer. Hello, everyone. It's Casey again. I'll be playing Cass Pravda, the Oracle Playbook. My name is Zadkiel, or just Zad. In this game, I am going to be playing Windward Pudge, and they are using the Imp Playbook. Hi there, I'm Maria Perry. I'm playing Millie Elza, your local vampy vampire. I am Blaze, and I'll be playing Jason Madison Coleman, the Aware. Sup, y'all? I'm Panic Foxfire. I 
will be playing Hess, playing from the Book of the Wizard. Hi, I'm Gliza. I will be playing Kyle of the Tainted Playbook. I am Ava Rogers. I will be playing Angel Day, the Sworn. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.